All right, friends, we're glad to see you tonight. I feel like I need to introduce myself to everybody. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Let's all stand all over the building. We're going to do our opening theme song. Let's talk about Jesus. I want you to sing out nice and loud. Oh. <laughs> Take your time, honey. Don't get in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Run. Nay, nay, run. <laughs> All right, let's sing it like we mean it now. Let's talk about Jesus. Here we go, nice and strong. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's talk about Jesus. Sing out, everybody. The King of Kings is He. The Lord of Lords supreme throughout eternity. The Great I Am. The Great I Am. about Jesus more and more. Super job. Everybody bow your hands with me. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We're glad to be in your house. Thank you for the opportunity you provided to assemble together. Bless our WANA program, our Bible study here tonight. May your presence be felt in all that we do. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in the sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. and high sweet pea there you go ready pledge i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it under god one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all thank you sweet pea i'll take that hold that christian flag up now hold it up hold it up hold it up there you go ready pledge i pledge allegiance to the Christian flag, and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. Thank you, darling. Hold those Bibles up, boys, nice and high for me. Ready? Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path and hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Good job. Adults, you can be seated. Youngsters, I want to folks stay standing for me, including teenagers. Miss Renee, by popular request, we're going to do Baby Shark. Can you do Baby Shark? All right. We haven't done Baby Shark in 127 years, so let's do it. Teenagers, you got to do it with us so you get to come up front and lead it. So be nice and strong. Here we go, Mr. Nate. Hands up, hands up. Ready? Here we go. Babe. Sorry, my bad. One more time. Ready? Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Baby shark. Ready? Wait a minute. I did that wrong. I'm sorry. Well, why don't y'all correct me? They're all standing there so kind like, we can't see the preacher's doing it wrong. <laughs> One more time, Renee, from the beginning, honey. Here we go. Hands up, hands up, hands up. Ready? 
Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do do do. Baby shark, ready? Mama shark, do 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 do. Mama shark, do 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 do. Mama shark, do 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 do. Mama shark, ready? Shark, do 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 do. Daddy shark, do 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 do. Daddy shark, do 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 do. Here's my favorite. Grandma shark, do do. Some of y'all resemble this. Grandma shark, do 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 do. Grandma shark, do do do. You like that, don't you? Grandma shark, move it over. Grandpa Thark, do you know they share the teeth? Grandpa Thark, do 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 do. Grandpa Thark, do 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 do. Here we go. Go and swim and do do. Act like you got some soul. Grandpa Thark, do fake it if you have to, teenagers. Go and swim and do 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 do. Go and swim and ready. Shark attack, do 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 do. Shark attack, do do. Shark attack, do 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 do. Shark attack, ready? Swimming faster, do 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 do. Swim faster, do 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 do. Swim faster, do 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 do. Swim faster. CPR, do it's not work good job going to heaven going to heaven do 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 going to heaven do 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 Going to heaven, do 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 do. Going to heaven, walk on gold. Walk on gold, do 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 do. Walk on gold, do 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 do. Walk on best part. No more sharks, do 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 do. No more sharks, do 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 do. Sharks, do, 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 no more shocks. Good job. All right, uh, folks, I need you back up here at about 10 till. Got a couple things we got to do tonight. Won't be long, but please be up here 10 till. Cubbies, you can head out tonight. Good job, guys. Sparks, come on, guys. All the sparks. Hey, 
Amen. Let's all stand together. Grab your blue songbook tonight, page 169. Come thou fountain. We'll sing all three verses. Hymn number 169 tonight. Come thy fount of every blessing. Turn thy heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sun and sung by flaming tongues above. Graves of mount, I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I come. And I know by thy good pleasure, safely I'll arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ken. Love that song. We're going to open up in prayer tonight. If you've got a special unspoken request you'd like to make known tonight all over the building, we'll do spoken requests in just a bit, but let's pray together tonight. Lord, we come to you in the precious holy name of Jesus, that name that is above every name, and we're so glad and honored to be in your house tonight. We say all the time, Father, we don't take for granted the fact that doors are open and that folks are here tonight to hear from heaven. So, Lord, I pray that you'd open up those windows of heaven, pour your blessings down upon us tonight. As we open up the scriptures, I pray that you'd impart power and wisdom, show us what we need to Tonight. Bless the youngsters, the teachers. Thank you, God, for their taking time out of their schedule in order to prepare for Awanas tonight. Lord, we love you. Most of all, we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Song of Fellowship, Brother Ken. Amen. Page 231, Sunlight. We'll sing that first verse and chorus. Page number 231 tonight. I wondered in shades of night till Jesus came to me and with the sunlight of his love bid all my darkness flee sunlight sunlight in my soul today sunlight sunlight all along the way since the Savior found me took away my sin I have had the sunlight of his love within amen shake hands Teenagers will go to the classroom.
Amen. Thank you so much uh, this evening. Uh, I, I appreciate your prayers and your kind words tonight and uh, the last couple of days. Those of you who uh, follow us on social media, you saw the post that I put out, but I'll give the rest of you an update as to why we weren't here Sunday, what happened. Uh, we were scheduled to fly back Friday. I was out on the uh, West Coast for work, scheduled to fly back on Friday. Our Friday morning flight got canceled because of the hurricane, so we rebooked for a, a 5 a.m. flight on Saturday morning. We got on the plane uh, and we're headed uh, to Chicago where we were going to connect to fly into Charlotte and two rows in front of us as we're flying we got up in the air about an hour I think baby but we we're up there about an hour uh, two rows in front of us uh, a gentleman slumped over and had a heart attack uh, two rows in front of us. Thankfully, uh, I don't. I, I, a couple of times I said, "Luckily, I don't think luck had anything to do with it. I think it was the Lord." Uh, there was a doctor and his wife and daughter, both of whom were nurses on on board the plane. Uh, they were able to get him in the floor uh, and pull out the AED device and do CPR for an hour, uh, uh, which is staggering when you think about the difficulties of that. But they just rotated back and forth and had to shock him back four times. He would die and come back and and. Uh, they were able to keep him alive until we landed in Billings, Montana. There was a medical team there waiting on him, uh, and uh, we got word uh, that they uh, administered stents, and he's, got, he's made a full recovery. We ended up being delayed there for several hours, which is no problem with that. We were glad to do that. It's amazing the power of prayer. A lot of folks were praying on that airplane, uh, but by the time we got to Charlotte, excuse me, to, to, to where were we, Chicago, uh, everything had been canceled because of the hurricane, so we ended up having to stay an extra day. And uh, I appreciate Brother Ken and what everyone did to, to make it such an easy, easy, easy transition on this past Sunday. I want to share something with you just to put a smile on your face. Uh, Sister Pam Big sent me this yesterday, of course, our child care director. Uh, you heard the story a few weeks ago that will relate, and this will make sense to you. Good morning, Pastor. I have to share something with you today about the child care center. Miss Dandridge went to reach and open the screen door at the kitchen, and she jumped back because wrapped around the door handle was a snake. And then she goes on to say how they killed it, threw it over. One of the daycare workers said, the devil's trying to get in. I said, oh, my word, it's a good thing it wasn't my wife. And she said, I know, the church is now for sale. Amen. <laughs> Oh, God, I love it. God, I love it. Fellas, I want you to make your way down tonight, if you would, please. Congregation, turn with us, please, to Psalm chapter 16th, or the 16th Psalm, if I should say. Psalm 16. I'll remind everybody, the men especially, will be setting up on Saturday, 8 a.m. We need your help getting the stage ready. Uh, we're bringing that in early this year for our practices. Uh, so we'll be doing that 8 a.m. Uh, this coming Saturday. Lord, bless the offering tonight. May it be what you'd have it to be in Christ's name. Amen. Take off, fellas.
appreciate that. Psalm 16 tonight, if you would, please uh, put your bookmarker there if you have one. Have also ready one other verse we'll look at at the end of the Bible study tonight. Have 1 Corinthians chapter 2 ready as well, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll look at that at the end this evening. Psalm 16 is where we'll read tonight. We'll read the psalm in its entirety, but we will take the text from the last verse, and in fact, a very specific clause that's found in the last verse of Psalm 16. If you have a reference Bible, it tells you that this is of David, written of David. Let's read this together. Again, we'll look at the entire psalm, but it is the last verse, verse number 11, where I want to take the text tonight. Preserve me, O God, David writes, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. But to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. Can we say amen to that, church? Verse number 7, I will bless the Lord, who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. He is my, because he is my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And please note verse number 11, please. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It is the middle clause of verse number 11 from where we'll take the text tonight. I'll read the entire verse again. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence. The next three words are the message title, fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'll begin tonight by asking you a simple question. Have you ever gotten around people that you know are just full of God? You spend time around them, and the more you spend around them, the closer you feel to God because of their nearness to God. People who seem to take life's challenges with a smile on their face. People who seem to understand that there is a difference between joy and happiness. People who understand that happiness is an emotion and can be fleeting and circumstance dependent. But joy, which is described as unspeakable and full of glory, is not because of our situation or circumstance, but because of our association with our Heavenly Father. People that when you are around them, you just feel better because you know they're close to God. May I pause a moment and say that ought to be the desire of every believer. We need to be someone that is an attractant, if you will, not someone who when people get around us think to themselves that they wouldn't know God if God slapped them upside the face. There are far too many folks tonight, I'm afraid, who let persecution rob them of their joy. Please listen to what I'm about to say. I am not minimizing any trial that anyone faces. 
my mind boggles at times at the things that God's people have to go through. Just when I think I've heard the worst, somebody confides something else that they're suffering, something else a family member is facing, and I am reminded that Job was right when he said, man is but a few days old and full of trouble. David's the author of this psalm. Though he was crowned a king of Israel at an early age, he knew a great deal about persecution. His pathway was not a quick one to the throne. Despite as a young shepherd boy uh, being anointed and crowned the future king of Israel, uh, his pathway took a tumultuous turn. Yet he says in verse number 11, uh, the middle clause, in thy presence is fullness of joy. I want to talk to you tonight as a child of God. How do we maintain the fullness of joy in this crazy, wacky world that we live in? I don't need to tell you tonight, but this world is spiritually in an absolute tailspin. If you don't believe me, spend some time on the left coast. I don't want to be unkind, but them people's crazy. Spiritually, may I submit to you tonight uh, that the fullness of joy uh, that God is referencing here in Psalm uh, number 16 is not a suggestion, but rather is a commandment for every child of God. Three things I want us to look at tonight. Number one, look at our journey, if you will. Look at our journey. When we look at that last phrase or that last verse in Psalm 16, David makes it very clear that the pathway is very particular to us. He says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. May I say to you tonight that that definitive article, the, is important. He does not say, Thou wilt show me a way of life. But he says, Thou wilt show me the way of life. Pastor Greg, what does that matter? In John chapter 14, you don't have to turn there. Jesus has given his disciples some last-minute instructions. He's explaining to them that he's about to go away, and he's going to prepare a place for them. He says, if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Thomas, who gets a lot of flack, asks the question that most of us probably would like to have asked, Lord, where are you going? And if we don't know where you're going, how are we going to know how to get there where you are? And what Jesus says to him is as important as what David writes. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pastor, what does that matter? The word the implies singular. It means there's only one. He doesn't say a way of one which there are many. He says, I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I submit to you tonight that that definitive article, thee, is just as important in verse number 11 when he says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. David begins this thought by, I think, reflecting back over his own spiritual journey. Would you amen me tonight? That oftentimes the pathway that we walk is not always the pathway we chose. 
We have to walk down twists and turns and valleys and difficulties and situations. In fact, many of you are in here tonight and you would amen me. God has walked with you through situations that you never thought you'd encounter. Things that you never thought you'd experience. There are always unexpected turns. Not always what we plan. But may I submit to you tonight that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, For our light affliction, which is but for the moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. May I paraphrase that? Rest assured that what you're facing today is God's way of preparing you for what he has for you tomorrow. It is a very particular path. It's also a plain path. This is an important statement to me personally. Because I'm convinced that David did not worry whether or not God would direct his pathway He wasn't worried about wandering aimlessly. He was confident, listen to what I'm about to say. He was confident that God would guide his path. I want to give a spiritual confession. I grew up in church. All of you know that. Most of you know my testimony. Saved seven days shy of being seven years old, June the 13th, 1976. Wayside Baptist Church, Ridgeway, Virginia. A lot I don't remember about it. The only reason I remember the date is because they wrote it down in the date book at the church. I heard preaching all of my life about discovering God's will for my life. I heard so many wonderful preachers talk about knowing God's will for my life. I grew up thinking that at some point, someday, God was going to lift the shade, reveal his will, and everything in front of me would be made clear. I'm almost 50 years old. The shade has not yet been lifted. I have read my Bible cover to cover countless numbers of times, and I've never yet found one verse that even implies that God will reveal everything in front of me for the next 10, 15, 20 years. In fact, what I've discovered is God never promises to do that. What he does promise to do is to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. What's the difference, Pastor? Uh, He doesn't tell me what's going to be tens of miles down the road, but he just say, if you hold the lamp of the Word of God in front of you, I'll take you the next step, and I'll take you the next step. And when life turns you this direction, keep that lamp of the Word of God. We'll go down the pathway together. Uh, He never promises to reveal everything, uh, but he does say one step at a time with the Word of God as the lamp unto your feet, you can make it down the pathway. So when David talks about being confident it's this simple reality as long as he stays close to God he doesn't have to worry about wandering aimlessly God will show him which way to go it's a particular path it's a plain path then I submit to you it is also a prosperous path David knew well that if he walked with God God would lead him in the right direction why Because, uh, listen again to what I'm about to say, you can make the choice not to walk with God. Let's be clear. Even Christians can opt not to walk with God. How do you know, preacher? Because I've done that a few times myself too. Don't turn your nose up at me in spiritual indignation. You've probably walked away from God a few times yourself. May I submit to you, we have the choice tonight. We can walk away from God or we can walk with God. What's the difference, Pastor? You walk with God, you get God's very best. 
You walk away from God, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to turn away from you. He's never going to let go of you. But I submit to you, we sacrifice God's best when we walk away from him. I don't know about you. I don't want the leftovers. I want the, I want the main course. I want the good stuff. I want God's best. And David figured out that the way to get God's best is to stay right there scooched up beside of him. The pathway of God is made very clear to him. Secondly tonight, not only do I want you to see the journey, number two is the joy. And it is from this middle clause that we take our text tonight. In thy presence is fullness of joy. I, I, I don't want to get too philosophically deep on you, but, but there is a, a theory in philosophy, in mathematics as well, if A is true, then B has to be false. Let me explain it to you a different way. If, if I say to you tonight that this microphone is black, I am by definition declaring that it's not red, it's not blue, it's not orange, it's not glittered. It's not polka dotted. <laughs> I told my wife I had a new saying. God inhabits the praise of his people in the depths of hell are filled with glitter. Somebody say amen right there. And I lose that battle every time. By saying, by saying this is black, I'm stating what it is also not. So when David says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. To get the fullness of joy, I have to be where? In his presence. That means also true is that if I'm not in his presence, I cannot expect the fullness of joy. You show me a Christian that's walked away from God, I'll show you a believer whose life is turning upside down. Listen to what I'm about to say. Being with God does not mean you'll never have problems. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I am suggesting when you walk away from God, when we turn our back on God, we should not be surprised when the fullness of presence of God cannot be found. We should not be surprised when we turn our back on God that the joy that David describes is nowhere around us. So let's look at it and pick it apart. Again, he says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. To me, that implies that the joy is available. Would you amen me? God did not save us to be miserable. Amen. I have to be blunt tonight, and I'm being kind. Some of the unhappiest people I know claim to be children of God. Some of the unhappy, and again, please don't mistake what I'm saying. I am not minimizing trials at all. Not one breath of my body would I ever minimize trials. But I submit to you tonight... That joy is not dependent upon circumstance. The joy can be available. And I love the word that David uses when describing the joy. He says in, the, in God there is fullness of joy. May I define that for you? It means abundant, overflowing, or literally saturated with. I love that phrase. Fullness of joy means saturated with joy. If I were to take my handkerchief tonight and dip it into a fountain of water and absolutely saturate it, pull it out and squeeze, what comes out, church? Water. 
Why? Because it's saturated inside, outside. There's nothing in it but water. May I say to you tonight that as God's indwelling place of the believer, as we are filled with the joy of God, as we experience the fullness of the joy of God, when this world begins to squeeze us, if we've got the joy of God, it will be that that comes out. Far too often, when this world knocks us around, when we begin to get squeezed by the problems of this world, it ain't joy that comes out for so many of us. So when describing this, uh, he calls it the fullness of joy. Many folks mistakenly equate happiness with joy. Let me be very clear about, about this statement. Happiness is an emotion. And we've become dependent upon our emotions in our society today. We've become addicted to emotions today. We've become so addicted to emotions that we've decided if we feel it, it must be okay. Here's the problems. Our emotions are not saved, church. You ever been in a situation where your emotions got carried away? Where you can't control your emotions? Whether it be anger or fear or frustration or tears or sorrow. You understand tonight that when you can't control it, that is not salvation. Our emotions are not saved. Happiness is an emotion. But joy is a deep, settled understanding of the goodness of God. So what does that mean? Even when I'm sad, I still know God's good. <laughs> Even when I'm sorrowful, I still know God's good. Even when the pink slip comes and I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage next week, I still know God's good. Even when the diagnosis comes from out of nowhere and I can't make my way through it, I still know God's good. I said to you so many times, I promised I would not bore you to death with stories of the last few days of my mother. But I will tell you this one. I've told you a few times, I just like telling this story. I experienced firsthand what the joy of the Lord was like when my mother decided to stop treatments. I was there in the hospital bed with her down at Baptist Hospital, there in the room with her. Renee was bringing dad down. The doctor comes in and says, Miss Hodges, and he begins to describe all the places where that cancer had spread. Brain, liver, kidneys, lungs, esophagus, it was everywhere. And then he begins to outline all these treatments. We're going to do this scan, and we're going to do this treatment. We're going to minister this chemo, and we're going to do that. And my mother, with all southern gentility and a smile on her face, said, No, thank you. And I looked over and I said, Mother. And she looked over at me and she said, I'm done. I'm done. And I said, Mama, do you know what that means? And she got a big smile on her face and she said, I'm ready to go home, honey. I'm ready. She's smiling. I'm crying. I get on the phone with Renee. I can't even get the words out. She says, Honey, we're on our way. We're on our way. We're bawling. My mama's just a smiling. Fullness of joy. Even in the worst situation, you can smile through sorrow, shout through pain, because God's good. Number one, the journey. Number two, the joy. Number three, my phrase, what I'm calling the jubilation. The jubilation. How do you get this joy? 
How do you experience this? May I pause a moment and say, make a simple statement. It is 100% dependent upon us. It is our choice. Why? Because I want you to notice that this joy, this jubilation can be found in a particular place. Looking at the last clause, verse 11, it says, Fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. Scholars are not in universal agreement as to when David actually wrote this. What they do agree on is that he was being pursued by enemies. There were those who were seeking his downfall. Pastor Greg, that ought to narrow down the timeline. You read the life of David and you'll find he was pursued by enemies on many occasions. And many times throughout his life, there were those who were seeking his downfall. This could have been written at any one of those times. And when you kind of rip apart this entire psalm that he wrote, you will see that he's being pursued. He's asking God to stop their pursuit. He's asking God to intervene. But in spite of all the trials, he knew that he would, in order to be satisfied spiritually, he had to stay close to God. Nothing satisfies for the child of God like that placement beside of our Savior. I've said it like this. The happiest Christian alive is one who's situated at the right hand of God. And the most miserable is the one who's walked away from it. The most miserable is one who's experienced that deep-seated joy and walked away from it. I'm convinced, church, this is Gregology, but I think I'm right. I'm convinced that's why we see so many believers... So many who've claimed to accept Christ, and I've no doubt about that. I'm not questioning their salvation. But we see so many believers uh, who pick up the things that they had once put down. Pick up the things, the addictions, the lifestyles. Uh, they go back to which they God saved them out of because they're trying to fulfill that joy that they've lost by walking away from God. Look at the last clause tonight. We'll be done. Notice. Let's go ahead and read the whole thing one more time. Verse 11. That will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You see, this is a simple statement, but it's a staggering one. This joy that David's describing is not meant to be fleeting. It's not meant to be here today, gone tomorrow. So let me ask you to turn tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 20 plus years ago, I made a commitment to start memorizing Scripture. And I would pick a verse a week, memorize that, and add another verse, and pretty soon had hundreds of verses memorized. But one of the things I started doing was try to wrap my head around the context of the verse. It would help me to memorize the verse if I understood what was the verse was talking about. Does that make sense? You know, it, it would make sense to me and help me memorize it if I could understand what the, what, what the writer meant. I grew up virtually all of my life in church. 
uh, from the time I was five years old, uh, for all of my life, I've been in church. Never, except for a couple of years when I walked away from the Lord in college, uh, never not been in church. And, and I've heard 1 Corinthians 2.9 preached and referenced thousands of times. Thousands of times. Look at it, folks. Look at what it says. A lot of you haven't memorized as well, but it's, it's very simple. It says, but as it is written, for I hath not seen nor ear heard. Everybody with me? You there? Say amen. Nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Every time I've ever heard somebody talk about, reference or allude to that verse, they're talking about heaven. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared. And we're talking about the mansions and the street of gold and the gates of pearl. But here's the reality, folks. Read that entire chapter. It ain't about heaven. There's not one iota of a reference to... Now, don't misunderstand me. We cannot humanly comprehend how precious heaven's going to be. But that verse, when God says, Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither have entered into the hearts of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, is talking about this life. It's talking about what God wants to do for us here. In other words, you can't begin, listen, you can't begin to imagine how much God wants to bless you if we'll just stay connected to him. You can't believe. I look back over the choices that I made and thought that I was doing the right thing, and I submit to you tonight, living in God's will for my life is the most pleasant place I've ever been. Knowing that I'm doing what God wants me to do is the most joyous experience of my life. If you'd have told me 25 years ago what God would have done, I'd have said, I can't imagine it. Can't comprehend what you're even talking about. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, Neither have entered into the hearts of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So let me close tonight by saying simply this. Fullness of joy is our choice. There's going to be circumstances. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be obstacles. And they might rob us of our happiness. But for the child of God that's situated close to God, they don't have to rob us of our joy. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to have a, just a quick closing prayer tonight. The kids will be coming back in, and I need your help for about five minutes. need to go over something with you tonight, business-related, but let's pray this evening. Sweet Father, we are grateful for the reality of the fullness of joy. Lord, we don't take for granted the fact that you are so good to us. Lord, we look at our own children and how much we love them, how much we want to see them happy, how we want them to succeed and how we want them to be blessed. And we are reminded that you want that for us and then some. Just as we love ours, you love us. Lord, it's my heart's desire tonight Everybody who's in the building would recognize that the fullness of joy is our 
choice. It's a choice of whether we live near the cross or we walk away. Lord, I pray that when circumstances come that seek to rob us of our happiness, we'll be reminded that the right hand of God, there is fullness of joy forevermore. Lord, I know life's not always easy, but the Christian life is one of bountiful blessings for those who are near the hand of God. Lord, we thank you tonight. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated this evening. Um, I need to take just about, if you're visiting with us tonight and want to slip out, you're welcome to, but you're also welcome to stay. We don't have anything here. We don't